Welcome to the Blood Jewel Podcast, a speculative fiction and young adult serialized story written by Jalissa Moonstone. I am your host, Madeline Gwynn, and this is episode two, a continuation of book number one titled Milako, and also a continuation of chapter one titled Escape. Because this is a serialized story, if any of you are just hopping on board for episode two, I do recommend that you go back and listen to episode one. And the reason for that is because with serialized stories, they build from the previous one. Now to continue. Just to recap, in episode one, we find the central character, Milako, is trapped in a human crate. How exactly she got there at this point is a mystery. It is something that will be revealed over the course of the story. We also discover the antagonist in this world as an imperial power, and uh, we find out that Milako is an indigenous girl because the imperialist soldiers have taken prisoner Mocha, the eldest and wisest Shayokan practitioner of her tribe. We also are introduced to a very important setting in the Blood Jewel series, the magical and sacred land of Blood Jewel Hills. And then lastly, we are seeing the fantasy world through Milako's lens, that is her point of view. And um, the episode one had ended with Milako walking outside in the very early morning hours while her family was asleep. Now, either she is sleepwalking or something mystical beyond human comprehension is about to occur. So let's see where the next episode takes the story. From the west side of the ravine, a humming sound resonated. Mmm, zika 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 zika. Mmm, zika 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 zika. Milako walked quietly being very particular and careful not to make a noise. As she approached the edge of the ravine, a fragile human silhouette appeared. She couldn't quite make out who was there. Lighting dark seemed to dance as shadows amidst a thick fog. But then the human silhouette turned around. Nervous and taken aback by this mystical power, Milako hid behind a primavo beloved tree, the Ouijiwana. Milako's heart raced, ba-boom, ba-boom, ba-boom. She couldn't quite make sense as to how she had felt. It had been a mix of fear, curiosity, and excitement. She reattained her composure shifted her head to one side of the tree and peered out. There in front of her stood an old woman. She had long white hair and was naked. There was an aura of light encircled around her body. Her skin was albino, rippled and wrinkled, much like the Weejiwana tree bark. On the old woman's left hand was a tattoo. Milako was familiar with it. It was the Bidama symbol, a magical symbol from the ancient land of Bledjew Hills. Milako closed her eyes for a moment. She could hear Chukuma tell her, 
the Bidama symbol represents the god Adekador, the lover of creation. Milaga opened her eyes and shifted them to the old woman's other hand. In the other hand was an ancient miniature drum. On the drum head was a painting of Kankan. And Kankan was a serpent snake that had ruled the underworld of Blood Hills in ancient times. To Milako, Kankan was a powerful spirit, only called upon when light and dark was at war with each other. Milako noticed a tear streaming down the old woman's cheek. When the old woman crouched down, her tears became a miniature waterfall. As the tears splashed about on top of the water, tiny speckles of light swirled. The tiny speckles of light circled faster and faster, creating a whirlpool until, doink! A drum popped out from the water and flew right into the old woman's hand. (laughs) The old woman kissed it and she raised it to the rising sun and spoke in the ancient tongue of Ordean. Shimana Dayako, said the old woman. The heart bleeds tears. Milako had never seen this old woman before, but those words, oh my goodness, those words had touched her heart. Deep within Milako's soul, she understood, though she didn't quite know why. The old woman's voice reverberated and vibrated within her body, and without thinking, Milako sputtered the same words. Shimanatiyako! Milako whispered aloud, surprising even herself. The old woman's eyes locked with Milako's. Milako couldn't take her eyes off the old woman. They were mesmerizing, intoxicating, and mysterious. Ah, Shianabo, she said. Ah, my child, you know. The old woman smiled at Milako. She wiped her tears away. Tuvia, the old woman continued, come to me. Milako was hesitant at first. She just couldn't help staring at that old woman's eyes. They were a rare color of blue and green, dependent upon the light, and they seemed to transform themselves with the early morning sun. There was a sense of gentleness, a sense of magic about this old woman. Milako decided the old woman was a good omen. She walked forward confidently to the stream. When Milako had made it to the stream, the water burbled about and the tiny speckles of light circled around her body. The old woman reached for Milako's hand and Milako without thinking, clasped on. The old woman's hand was cold, fragile, and bony. And when she smiled, Milako smiled back. The old woman's smile was the kind of smile that had the power to transform even an enemy. And then the old woman handed Milako the drum, the same drum that came flying out of the water. Ishkomana, Milako, the old woman said. 
The drum calls you, Milako. That day, Milako and the old woman sang in unison as if they were old friends. It was as though time stood still. And as the sun rose higher and higher in the skies, darkness and shadow became light. The once spirited festival of drumming and singing between them faded. The old woman transformed into ash, and everything around Milako became silent. There Milako stood all alone. Sunlight streamed through the trees, and the drum she had once held in her hand disintegrated. The wind whistled, rustling the tree leaves, and one leaf spiraled downward onto Milako's foot. When Milako looked down, a laapi snake slithered between her toes. Panicked, Milako shook her foot quickly, and the tiny laapi snake flew off into the ravine. Milako watched astutely as its tiny orange triangles bobbed up and down with the current. Eventually, the snake sunk into the water, and in its place, a shadowed body floated downstream. That same evening, Milako's pappy had surprised her with a doki drum, a drum only used during the day of Wa'ashahi. To Milako's family, the doki drum was a heartbeat of an ancient woman who lived amongst the forests of their old village, a sacred place only a few had known about, her family being one of them.